while stocks last or something like that, I don't know. Um, but I want to talk to you today about uh, the, the, the ability to, um, about uh, preference versus power. A preference is something that you decide. Uh, it's not sin necessarily. A preference is like I like dark chocolate or white chocolate, or it's a it's a preference. It's just kind of like you know I, I like the handkerchief. I'm not like the hang. I'm not a fan. It's a preference. It's like it's 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 something that you can decide. But sometimes, church, you have to lay down your preference for power to come into your life into a new way. And when I was thinking about this name. Pastor Dan, and I was thinking about this service and sharing my story around how many times I've laid down my preference for power to come into my life fresh and anew. And I feel like this may be a prophetic uh, message wrapped around my testimony, but here in Acts 1 and verse 8, and it says, well, let's just go there. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Kiwana waters, and to all the end of the earth, including Wollongong, full stop. And now I was thinking about that, that actually when God was talking about Pentecost, he was talking to a crowd of 500 people. 500 people, he says, come on guys, you need to wait in the upper room. You need to wait for the presence and power of God to come in your life. This is annoying me. Right. So, but only 120 remained. Imagine the Holy Spirit falling on 120 and then going out and saying, man, Pentecost happened and you missed it. Wow, what a bad day that would be. Imagine this morning staying in your bed when you could have been in church and you missed it. The feeling of missing is a horrible feeling of regret. When they felt the fire and the tongues of God, when the Holy Spirit came on them, they created history. You know, when I was younger, um... 13 years old, I was brought up in a Catholic upbringing, which was was wonderful in a sense that I always knew that God was real, but I never really understood that God wanted to have a relationship with people. Uh, I understood that God was holy. I understood about his presence. I understood that... Um, the, the, that, that heaven was real and that hell was an option. And... Um, and but I never knew that there was a relationship with God. That was the, the, the different thing. When you're in Catholic church, God doesn't really bother with you. The, the, the priest gets the download and he kind of tells you what's going on. And, and I was kind of happy with that. That's the way it was. When I was 13 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. With, and there was a, always a bad day. Who knows that's a bad day? When you find out that you've got leukemia, it's like terrible. And, um, and so I'm just walking through life and fighting as much as I possibly can. But the short story was that I was in and out of hospital a lot. And when I was in remission and going through my treatments, I would be going to school. And this pretty girl asked me to go to uh, a Presbyterian youth group. And I liked her. So I said, yeah, I'll come. And um, it's a good reason to go to church. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, in the worship, you touch hands. Oh, my Lord. You know, it's like, don't tell me that doesn't happen. And, um, 
<laughs> you lift your hands just a little bit higher than normal. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so, you know, in this youth group, it was great. And there were even, you know, more prettier girls than her in this youth group. And they were really attentive. And there's like, like, know, like 20 people in this youth group. And this, the, the youth pastor says to me after a while, he says, Andrew, do you want to become a Christian? I said, no. He says, why not? I said, I'm Catholic. And he says, you know, what do you mean? And I said, well, I'm, I'm in church. I said, I'm already, I'm already in. He said, just because you go to McDonald's every day doesn't make you a hamburger. And, and he said, just because you go to you know, a church doesn't make you a Christian, which I thought he was like crazy. You know, this is not, doesn't make sense to me. And he said, um, he said have you ever sinned, Andrew? And I said, no. And he said, well, how, how, would you, how would you go with the Ten Commandments? And I said, pretty good. Now, I'm thinking I'm going to score an eight out of ten or at least a nine. You know, because like, I haven't murdered anybody yet or done anything like that. So I'm like, how good can that be? He said, Andrew, have you told any lies? And I said, well, not really. White ones. And we know that white ones don't count. You know, small ones don't count. And in New Zealand, in New Zealand, if you cross your fingers while you tell lies, who knows that's true? When you cross your fingers and you tell lies, it doesn't. Be, and it's Bible. It's Bible-based because the cross of Jesus covers all your sins. So you cross your fingers and he takes away your sins. Anyway, don't tweet that. And when you're watching online, don't repost that. Now, but I was trying to help him out. And so I'm thinking, you know, how, you know, okay, well, I've told a few lies. So he says, what are you then? I said, well, I'm like, you know, I guess a liar. And he goes, yeah, that's right. I thought, well, that's not very nice, is it? You go around telling people they're liars. He said, Andrew, have you ever um, stolen anything? And I thought, mm, yeah, I suppose. I'm trying to help him, you know, I suppose. He said, so what are you? I said, um, you know, a stealer? He goes, no, you're, you're a thief. And I said, what, what is this, a, an English lesson? Or what? He said, Andrew, have you ever committed adultery? Adultery? I'm 15. I haven't even had my first kiss yet. And, uh, and he, said, he said, Andrew, the Bible says if you look lustfully at a woman, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you done that? And I was like, sure, her and her and her and her. <laughs> Basically, the whole youth group. Well, the female side, anyway, and I've got to say that these days. And um, he said, Andrew, God's holy, you're not. Sin separated us from God. And he said, but Andrew, you can pray a prayer and ask Christ to come into your life and he can have a relationship with you. And he said, when he said that, it was different than what I knew. And see, by this time, all my unsaved friends had come with me you know like so because I told them about the girls and so in front of everybody I prayed a prayer asking Jesus to come into my life I said God I'm, I'm sorry for any wrongs any mistakes but today I choose to live for you you see it wasn't my necessarily preference to pray a prayer in front of my friends but when I did that power came into my life in the person of Jesus Christ power came into my world it's an, it's an amazing thing how powerful prayer is like if I was God there's just no way that I would make salvation that easy like I, I, would, make, I, would, I, would, I would say you have to give like a, a million dollars to charity or, or 
church or something you know you have to pray a thousand hours or but to but to pray to make a decision for it to be that simple no 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 but yet that's how powerful prayer is one minute you're not going to heaven now you are that's the power of prayer one minute you're in a wheelchair now you're walking one minute you're dying of cancer now you're healed that's the power of prayer that's this is what this church is all about that's why it's called powerhouse because the power of God changes everything the power of salvation the power to change your life the power for the miraculous to, to transform your whole world in a prayer friends in a 30 second one minute one touch prayer from God can change everything but we have to learn to lay down our preferences for God to come into your life, for a miracle to come into your life. So now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm going, going good. Then all of a sudden, my story is that six months after becoming a Christian, the leukemia comes back. I fall out of remission. I thought when you become a Christian, everything would go your way. The sun would be sunnier, the moon would be moonier, the girls would just fall at your feet from the anointing or something. I don't know what would happen, but I just thought when you become a Christian that everything would go your way. The first time I actually really blamed God, this time I really embraced Him. The short story to this is, and the long story is on our USB, but the short story is that I was diagnosed to be terminal a year later after I came out of remission. My Catholic priest, uh, my parents arranged my Catholic priest to come and anoint me and prepare me for burial. Who knows that's a bad day? That's a bad day. I was so thin with one hand, I could wrap my whole hand around my leg and touch both sides. My doctors told me I wasn't going to live. My family told me I wasn't going to live. And now my Catholic priest if told me I wasn't going to live and so I actually believed that I was going to die I'm dying I am I was dying but then these uh, youth pastors these Presbyterian youth pastors about four hours later after my Catholic priest had prepared me for burial came in with their Bible big big Bible and they were smiling and how happy and I remember like you know when you're dying you're not happy but they're like and they're like smiling and, like, and, uh, and I was like looking at them going what are you doing and, and they said, Andrew, 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 we've got a scripture saying that your condition is not going to lead to death. And I, I remember going, oh, that's so nice for you. Because I'm, I'm kind of like still a new Christian, you know, like I'm, not, I'm a newbie. And, and, they, and they said, we're going to pray, we're going to believe God for healing in your life. Friend, for five years I fought cancer and now... At this 11th hour, I could have said to them, it was within my rights, friend, to say to, to say to them, why are you getting my hopes up in this 11th hour? Why are you teasing me? Saying that God is going to touch my life now after years of chemotherapy, radiotherapy, years of what felt for me torture. And now you're saying... God is going to heal me. You see, friend, it wasn't my preference. I was angry. I was upset, confused, and hurt by a lot of things. 
Why did God heal me? Why did God do something in my life? I'm not too sure, but perhaps the secret was that even in my hurt and unbelief, that even me allowing them to pray for me was enough faith, a seed of faith, a whiff of faith, a sniff of faith, that God moved through that. You see, friend, it wasn't my preference to be prayed for after being so sick for so long. For so many of other people to have prayed for me. And now for them to come in this 11th hour, in my final breaths, to say that God is going to heal me? No, too much. But because I laid down my preference... Praise God that God did something for me. And sometimes, friends, maybe you're sitting here today and people have prayed for you before. Maybe it's been hard. Maybe something is not working the way you want. But sometimes, friends, you have to lay down your preference to come to the altar again, to come to God again and to lift your hands and recognize that this is where your help comes from. It is coming from the maker of heaven and earth. You know, when I was thinking about laying down preferences, my friends, after, uh, after I'd been healed of cancer, and, the, and immediately after the, that prayer, the doctors came into my room because my blood was getting taken every hour. They said, something has begun to change. And from that moment forward, the, everything turned around. And obviously I stand here, today testifying of that about a year later I was at the youth pastor's house and um, and we were just talking about God talking about the Holy Spirit and how you can have an encounter with him and they said Andrew you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit I said "Mm, I want to be a normal Christian and uh, I said I'm happy to read my Bible and I'm happy to pray but I'm not going to lift my hands I'm not going to dance and uh, I just, I just want to be normal and I do not want to speak in that funny thing, that language that they gibber on about. He said, Andrew, you need to come to a full gospel businessman's fellowship meeting. I said, there's no way, no way. He said, you come. He said, it'll be fine. He said, we'll sit at the very back so if any weird activity happens, we can bolt. I said, deal. We'll do it on that premise. So we shook hands on it. We even shook hands. And, um, and a full gospel businesses meeting was where a person would share a story and then they would pray for people. I was right at the very back. There's only like 100 people in the room. And the guy didn't have a microphone. And he said, listen, my throat's really, really sore. He said, those two gentlemen at the very, very back, would you mind sitting in the front? Because there's two spare seats at the front. At the front, would you sit at the front? Who knows that God is sneaky. And... Um, <laughs> And I've got manners, you know, I've got manners. Like my parents told me manners, so I sat at the front. And this guy's got an unbelievable testimony of, of God healing people. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know. And, and, and then he asked people to come forward for prayer. And I've never seen that before. And so I'm still a newbie in church. And, and, and it was a mixed meeting and there were old people in the room. And this elderly lady came and stood before me and he prayed for her and she fell backwards. And I've never seen a dead person before. And I was like going, my gosh, 
he's killed somebody and you know like you can't go killing people in church and now, now, now she's dead and now another old person's dead there's like three old people in front of me and they're all dead and so I get my youth pastor because he can't see anything because his eyes closed and hands lifted up and I smack him in the stomach and he goes what are you doing and I said I see dead people and he says no, he says, what are you and he said they're not dead he said they're filled with the Holy Spirit I said they're not filled with the Holy Spirit and I said How, why are they falling over why are they falling over and he said well sometimes if you put your finger in a power socket he said the power is so overwhelming they fall over I said no cuckoo I said I'm out of here and he goes he goes he goes what are you feeling I said oh my hands are getting sweaty and my knees are like having fellowship and my heart's racing a million miles an hour he said God's talking to you I said I'm Catholic God doesn't talk to me and um and he says just be quiet and close your eyes and ask God what he's saying I'm like, mm, trying to hear from God. It's like some bad bathroom experience, hoping something's coming, but nothing's coming. And he says, you, he said, Andrew, you just line up and get prayer. And by this time, was, the line was long, and I'm like last. So I'm like, no, I've never been in a prayer line before. Have you remember that? You, you don't, don't know what to do. So what do you do? You just look down the line and find out what other people are doing and you follow them because you don't want to look stupid. So you're just standing there and you know someone's got their hands lifted up to so you. you know, so I don't know what are you going to do. Is he going to lift them up? And as the guys come and come and come closer, the, the, the older girls were like winding up their hands a little bit. And I've, you know, have you ever seen um, Mr. Bean, like Rowan Atkinson? It's kind of like, hallelujah. It's like, it's like, it's just the weirdest moment in my whole entire life. And the guy puts his hand on me and I remember just falling backwards and I was hoping somebody was catching me. I thought most likely somebody did as I was falling down. I was so relieved that I wasn't dead and I could hear the music and I wasn't unconscious. I knew I could get up if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. I don't know why. And I was lying there and, and I heard something in my head and he said, I love you. And I said, who's that then? And he said, it's me. And I said, God, is that really you or am I just making this up? And he said, no, it's me. And then he said to me, he said, and everything's going to be okay now. And I knew what he was talking about because I'd just been five years and the, the fear of the cancer coming back was enormous. The worry, the concern about that for about five minutes, I think I just talked to him just like a friend. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just thought I'm going to get up now. I stood up and I felt like somebody got a red hot poker and jammed inside my chest. There was like a fire burning inside of me. I went to my youth pastor and I, he said, what happened to you? I said, I fell over. He said, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, I oh, know. I fell over and got baptized. And I said, God was talking to me down there. He says, oh, that's really good. But I, I think he's thinking, Coo-coo, a little bit. But, you know, he's, and uh, I said, I'm having a heart attack. He said, really? He said, is it a good heart attack or a bad one? I said, it's, no, it's good. It's good. It's, he said, it's great. I went home that night and I picked up this book. And I was reading it as I've done many, many times. But when I opened it, it was like the words were jumping out. It's because the Bible says that the Bible's the living word of God. 
when you read it and it's boring, it's because you're looking in through your own eyes. But when you're looking through it with God's help, with God's eyes, all of a sudden it comes alive again. It's like a magic book. I lifted my hands in my queen-size waterbed back in the day. And I said, God, I love you. Thank you for pushing me over. Thank you for the heart attack. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you. I've got that thing. I've got, oh my gosh, I've got that thing. And then in the middle of the night, this is like, like 12 o'clock at night, I, I snuck down to the family living room, remember? When the phone wasn't beside your bed. But yeah, and you had to, yeah, anyway, and I, and I called my youth pastors. And by the way, that's their job. If you don't know what to do, call your youth pastor. If it's the middle of the night, call your youth pastor. If you need, if you need a ride, don't call Uber, call the youth pastor. That's what he's paid to do. That's what he's called to do. I ran the youth pastor and said, is this you, me? Is this, is, is this God? Is, or am I just making this up, this whole speaking in tongues thing? And they said, give us a go then. And over the phone, away I went. They said, it's God. I went back to bed so happy. Friends, this, this church stuff was new to me. I had some fears. I had some worries. I wasn't used to church being that way. But I'm so glad. I laid down my preference. Laid down my fears. So that power, come on somebody, could come into my life and change my world. 26, I met my beautiful wife, Janine, we were married. That was one of the great days. And we were in youth ministry, have been for, uh, I had been uh, for already a youth pastor for five years. And when we got married, amazing things had happened. Recently, um, I found out that my brother was terminal with cancer, wonder if the worship team could join me. My, mother, my, my, my brother is not a church person. In fact, he's, he's anti-church. But my mum rings me up and she says, your brother's in hospital, he's got prostate cancer and it's spread throughout his body. You, you need to go down and pray for him. M- my family, when mum says something, you've got to do it immediately. It's like the mafia. <laughs> you go down and pray for your brother. <laughs> and so... And I go, and, and of course I would pray for him anyways. When I walked into the room, the, f- the feeling in the room was not a pleasant one. I don't know if you've ever walked into a situation you get the heebie-jeebies or the feeling of death or it's like, oh, this is not a pleasant place. And um, we, we were playing cards and making polite conversation and him and his friend were in the room. And... I said to my brother, I said, I've come here to pray for you. His friend begins to manifest and says, who do you think you are and why are you going to pray for him? And she's swearing at me. And I said, who are you? And she said, we're school friends together, we're uh, teachers together. And I said, well, I said, I'm the brother. <laughs> so I win. Amen. <laughs> so how about that? Your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> I find out that she, uh, she's, a, she's a witch, like a... Like a, like a real, like a real, like a real witch. 
It's funny how the devil always tries to attack the miraculous. I pull the curtains. There's no, there's no, there's nothing in the room, in the hospitals, there's no windows open really. But I pull the curtains for privacy because there's other people in the room, you know what I mean? And as I began to pray and ask God to move, all of a sudden the curtains begin to move in the room. As the, as the feeling of death leaves and the power of God comes into that room. I'm praying for my brother. He interrupts my prayer, which is so rude. And he says, Andrew, everything's going to be okay now, isn't it? And I said, yeah, everything's going to be okay. I couldn't believe you would say that because I believe your words and your thoughts locate you. And what you're talking about and what you think about in your mind is exactly where you're heading. And I said, I'm so proud of you. As I'm talking to him, I hear the Holy Spirit begin to talk to me. And he says, prophesy over your brother. Tell him now that the cancer is gone. Tell him in two days time, doctors will stand before him and say we've misdiagnosed and they're going to let him out of hospital. I was sitting there and I said, God, but if I get it wrong, he won't believe. If I make the mistake this time, if I'm, if I'm off, if I'm off, if I'm off, this will ruin everything. And the Lord said to me, he said, Andrew, when you were 15 years old and I spoke to you on the floor, it's the same voice speaking to you now. And friend, I had to lay down my preference. It's not my preference to prophesy and to take a risk with somebody I so love and wanted to see saved. But I have to lay down my preference for power to come into somebody else's life. I said to my brother, can I pray for you one more time? He says, sure. Wasn't the first time good enough? I said, just one more time. And I stretch out my hand and I put my hand on his chest. And I said, in Jesus' name, this cancer is now gone. All through your body, no cancer. I said, in two days' time, doctors will stand before you shaking their head, saying we've misdiagnosed. And they're going to let you out of hospital. Your bladder, which is completely gone, is now fully formed. Two days later, they released him from hospital. His bladder, which was not working and fully had gone, is now fully formed and back. And although the doctors said that they've misdiagnosed the cancer, they could not understand because they've got the x-rays where the kidney was gone and now it's there. Friend, this is the house of God. This is the house of power. This is the house where your whole world can change and miracles can happen in your life. Come on, give God some praise in this place. This is the house of God. I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. But friend, I'm telling you, tonight we've got a service where we're gonna spend time praying for healing and for miracles. And Pastor John and Dan have, have said to me, we're going to take time and we're going to spend time in His presence and we're going to minister to people. 
And people often say to me, Andrew, how do we receive a miracle? How do we receive a changed life? Sometimes, friend, we have to lay down our preference for power to come into our life. And the question I've got for us this morning is when is the last time you were honest with your soul? When is the last time you were actually honest with your own life? Like looked in that mirror like Janine was talking about and asked the question, am I actually in relationship with God? Because that's where miracles come from. And I believe this morning, as we get our lives right with God, as we come into that relationship with Him, when we lay down our preference and open our heart to God, that prayer can change our life. It can. And so this morning, I want to ask you, in just a moment, to close your eyes. When you close your eyes, everything else disappears. But your soul and your thoughts are illuminated, and that's the truth. And I want you to ask that question to your soul. Am I in relationship with God? It's an honest question, isn't it, friends? And sure, may not... And I know that God will talk to you around that. Maybe there may not be an audible voice booming down from heaven, but certainly there would be a knowing, a prompting inside of you. And I want you to respond honestly to that. While you're considering that thought, I'm going to pray for you. At the end of the prayer, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, or perhaps for the first time, ask Jesus to come into your life, as your Lord and Savior, just where you sit it, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. I see that hand, and then you can put it down. And then all together and out loud, we're going to pray that prayer so you don't feel alone or embarrassed. But I'm telling you, that prayer has power in your life. So come on. Why don't we just take that moment and close our eyes and consider that thought am I in relationship with God if you're watching online and watching on Facebook I want you to do exactly the same let me pray for you God I thank you for those people who are here for the first time second time maybe visiting from another church they're saying Andrew it's true I know about God but if, if I'm honest I'm not in relationship with him not like you're talking about you know when I was up early this morning praying about this these meetings, I just felt like there are numerous people who are here today. As you're thinking about even last year, 2018, you were just thinking how much of a train wreck that was. And as you examine that year, you know that God was not the center of that moment. But something can shift for you. Something can turn for you today as you make God Jesus, the Lord and Savior of your life today. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, it is sin that's separating me from God, a wrong relationship, perhaps a secret sin that nobody else would even know about. But friends, we've learned today that God sees everything. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Andrew, you know what, if I was to face death like you had to, if I was to walk out of this room perhaps and get hit by a car, die and stand before God I don't know if I'd be in heaven or hell there'd be a fear and uncertainty around that moment but would you pray with me so I can have a relationship with God walk in that relationship and have an assurance of my salvation friend if you're in one of those categories and say Andrew would you pray with me I want you to lift up your hand just right now 
so I can see who I'm praying for. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else today? You say, Andrew, that's me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for who else today? You say, Andrew, me. Thank you, thank you, sir, at the back. Who else today? You say, Andrew, that's me. Something has to turn. Something has to shift. Thank you, thank you. Who else? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Something's turning. Something's changing. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, should I, shouldn't I? Friend, how do you think the devil's going to come and talk to you? He's going to put doubt. He's going to whisper to you. You don't think he's going to stand before you like some Walt Disney character holding a, a fork and a red suit? No, no. He's going to appeal to your pride. He's going to say, don't you do it. Don't you do it. But push down that. Push down the devil. He's got no, no, no regard for your well-being. Lay down your preference, friend, and lift your hand and give God this moment. I know there's somebody here that needs a breakthrough in your life. I know somebody here needs that miracle. And the devil's trying to say to you, no, no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. You're invited by a friend or a family member. And you're thinking, oh, no, I don't know. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Who else now? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Thank you. Thank you at the very back. Who else today? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Something has to turn. Something has to shift for me. Thank you, sweetheart. Who else? Is there somebody else? I just feel like there might be one or two. Thank you so much. Is there somebody else today? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. I'm giving time because sometimes it takes time to wrestle with yourself, to lay down your preference so that power can come into your life in the name of Jesus. Who else today? Is there one more person? Amazing. Amazing. Every person that lifted your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you know you should have, I would like to do it this way. Could, could, could we just honor this moment just by lifting your hands just one more time so we can see, so I can see who, who those people are? I don't want to miss anybody. I'm, in fact, I'm going to count. I like counting. I'm going to start on my right hand side. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, lift them high so I can see five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. At least, at least ten people. Let's give God a big, big shout just for doing that. And if you lifted your hand online, I'm proud of you as well. Amen. I want us all to pray this prayer, asking Christ to come into our lives. Can, can we just stand as we just do that and just honor this moment? Put your hand on your heart and pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I'm asking into my life as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I give you total control. Help me live for you every day in your presence. Restore to me the first love of my heart. In Jesus' name, I am a child of God. Amen and amen. So proud of you. Give God a big clap and thank you.